chapter 4, Revelations chapter 4. All right, we got through Revelations uh, 1, 2, 3, church age, and uh, we just started in Revelations chapter 4 uh, last week, and uh, we got through a little of that, but not through, whole, not through all the chapter, and uh, so we'll try to get through the chapter tonight. Let's pray. Father, we ask your blessings tonight again upon the Word of God, and uh, open up our hearts and our understanding, and uh, Lord, I'm uh, one of the qualifications, Lord, of a of a pastor supposed to be apt to teach, and uh, so I pray you'll help me to be apt to teach a little bit, and uh, Lord, make it clear so that uh, people can get uh, the thought, uh, Lord, what the Word of God's saying. They get the truth, uh, Lord, found there in the Word of God. And uh, again, thank you for this good crowd, Lord. On Wednesday night, I pray, Lord, that. Uh, that our minds could get focused on what we're studying tonight, and uh, we'll forget about everything except the Word of God for just a little while here tonight, and uh, keep our minds upon Thee. And the uh, Lord be with all those that, uh, Lord, really, really need You tonight, uh, like Caleb and his family and his dad. And uh, we ask the Lord, to, uh, we know the Lord's able to, uh, to reach in and uh, turn things around. It's over and over in the Bible when it looked hopeless and God to step in and turn things around. And so, Lord, we pray that it be your will. You might do that, Lord, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, let's start reading about verse 3 of chapter 4. And the Bible said, He that sat was to look upon like a jasper, and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight, like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in uh, white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thundering and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rested not day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sit on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sit on the throne and worship them that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We'll stop right there. We may uh, get further on there in a minute. But uh, first thing we noticed tonight here, of course we told you last time that rapture takes place in chapter 4 and verse 1. And we've done a comparison with uh, verse 1 and First Thessalonians chapter 4 and uh, verses uh, 13 through 18. 
and First uh, Corinthians 15, verse 51 uh, through 57, and uh, we see how that they line up uh, real good uh, with that. And uh, John said, "Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne." And uh, one of the things, I may have mentioned this last week, I can't remember, but one of the things that, uh, that we uh, realize is that every time we see that throne, there's somebody on it. There never has been a time that that throne has not been occupied. And uh, that means God is in control. God knows what's going on. And uh, he's, uh, he's on it in the beginning of the Bible and when we get all the way over to Revelations chapter 20, we see a throne and he's still on it. And, uh, and he'll stay on it. And uh, he's been tried to uh, be thrown off of it, but uh, never has been able to, have, able to do that. And uh, he gives uh, uh, some uh, stones there, jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto emerald. And... Uh, and so uh, you got all these colors going on around the throne and uh, all this light around the throne. And uh, that ain't got nothing to do with strobe lights and smoke machines. Uh, that ain't got nothing to do with that. I heard a real, uh, used to be one of the strongest and conservative preachers uh, probably in America. And, uh, and I, I seen him, his boy uh, is uh, pastors of one of these newfangled churches and him and his boy uh, was doing a program together. And uh, I, know, I know sometimes, you know, it's hard not to go with your kids and stay with your kids. But it's hard. But the best thing to do is stay with the Word of God. And, uh, and, and, and he was trying to, I think, appease his boy in what he was doing. And uh, he said a lot of people don't like my son's church because he's, uh, he's got strobe lights and he's got smoke machines. And he said all that's right in the Bible. In Revelations chapter four, uh, and I thought you got to be kidding me, and uh, and I usually don't do too much of that stuff, but I had to I had to send him an email and say that you got to be kidding me. Uh, I can't believe that after all these years, that the way uh, that you've preached, that you'd come up with something like that. Uh, but uh, this throne room now it's not just a throne; it's a room. This is a big room. Uh, so don't think about just a, just a throne and somebody sitting on that and that's all there is because there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, but you got these uh, different stones there. Uh, one of them is a uh, jasper stone that's kind of a brownish yellow. Uh, and then you got uh, sardine that's red, that's real red. And then he said around about the throne was in, likened to an emerald. Well, you know what color emerald is? Green, an emerald's green, and green all through the Bible. Green stands for life. It stands for life, and uh, all life comes from God, and uh, and no one has eternal life apart from God, and uh, so I'm sure there's probably other meanings in these stones and things that we could come up with, but uh, I'm not going to get into that tonight. And uh, then he said, uh, about the throne were the seven spirits of God. And, uh, of course, we've seen this before over in the book of uh, Isaiah. And uh, I think it's Isaiah 11. Uh, if you wanted to list them, uh, they're there in Isaiah 11, verse 2. And uh, he said, 
uh, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Now, nobody's, nobody's got all of that. Jesus Christ had all of that. Because the Bible said that He had the Spirit without measure. You and I got a measure of it. Uh, nobody, nobody's got all the knowledge. Nobody's got all the understanding. Uh, nobody's got all the wisdom. Uh, but Jesus Christ uh, does. And, uh, and so, you know, it has to do with Him. Now, uh, we look here uh, in verse... Uh, in, in verse... Uh, get back over here where is that. In verse uh, 6, And the Bible said, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So we're going to start reading about some, some beasts here. And uh, don't change your mind about going to heaven. Uh, they won't bother you when you get there. Uh, you, you'll enjoy them. Uh, but uh, what we see here is said before the throne there is a sea of glass. A sea of glass. Now in the Bible, uh, in the Bible water is likened to the Word. Different places in the Bible we liken the water to the Word. In Ephesians 5 the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word. Uh, and uh, a lot of places in the Bible like that. Now this here is frozen. It says... Uh, it's like a sea of glass, like unto crystal, uh, in the midst of the throne. And uh, this brings up something uh, here. First of all, in liking it to the Word, it's solid. You can stand on it. Uh, you can stand on the Word. And, uh, and this being, uh, this being uh, water frozen is a type of the Word that's solid. You can count on it. You can believe on it. Uh, but not only that, it's, it's calm. It's calm. And uh, it's not a raging sea like that. It's not raging. It's calm. And uh, you and I could even walk on that water. Jesus walked on the water. It wasn't frozen. If you and I try that, we're going under. Uh, but we could walk on frozen water. Now, this brings up a, a subject that we'll just uh, barely mention a little bit. And it's a subject called the deep, the deep, or the great deep. And if you go back to Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 1, it shows up real early in the Bible. In uh, Genesis 1 and verse number 3, and it said, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, of the waters. Now look over in uh, verse uh, 9. And the Bible says, uh, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Uh, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters He called the seas. And He said, This is good. Now, uh, if you go over to uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis 7, and you got the flood there starts in Genesis seven. You got the flood that starts there. And uh, did you ever wonder where all that water come from that God uh, 
put the whole earth under water. Uh, we've had a lot of floods, a lot of rain, but we've never had any that would put the whole earth under water. But uh, look in Genesis 7 and verse 8. Let's see if I... See, I believe I got a wrong reference there. I'm looking for a place there. Oh, there it is, verse 11. Genesis 7, verse 11. And it said, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. So you got a large body of water down here that we call the sea and the ocean or whatever. But there's also a large body of water up there uh, that's frozen uh, at the mouth of it. And, uh, and when God broke up the deep, that don't mean God broke up down in the earth and, and all that water down there. That don't mean that. That means that God broke up the deep up there. And all that water started coming down. And, uh, and that's where it come from. And then uh, Job tells us in Job 38 and verse 30, in uh, Job 38 and verse 30, Job tells us about what we read about over in Revelations. Job 38 and verse, uh, verse 30, the Bible said the waters are hid. The waters are hid. We can't see them. The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is what? What does, what does frozen water look like? Alright, it looks like crystals. It looks like ice, glass. Yes, sir, see a glass. That's good, Bill. That's right. And so, uh, so we, got, we got this going on. Now, you remember back in Exodus, uh, in the book of Exodus, when uh, the Lord brought uh, the children of Israel, the Lord brought them... Uh, across what into the into the across out of Egypt he brought them through what the Red Sea okay so before they got in the promised land they had to cross over through the Red Sea and uh, and it looks like that when we go to heaven that we pass through this uh, we pass through this what did Pharaoh do when he when uh, when they were going Pharaoh ch chased them all the way as far as he could chase them. And I think the devil's going to do that. Uh, if you're expecting the devil to let up anytime soon, don't get your hopes up. Uh, he's going he's gonna to fight us all the way. Uh, all the way as far as he can go and then God's going to stop him and then he's going to be done with it. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, so that, that gives some rhyme and reason to why do we sing songs like I won't have to cross Jordan alone. I mean, what's dying got to do with crossing Jordan? And a lot of songs like that in the, in, in the songbook about crossing a, crossing a river. Uh, when I cross that river. Uh, remember that song by the Spencers, When I Cross That River. And so I can't explain it all, but somehow or another there's a large body of water up there and when we die or when the rapture takes place, especially we're going to pass through uh, that on the way uh, into the throne room. Now, uh, there's a lot of things about heaven I don't know. 
There's a guy that wrote, a, well, there's been a lot of books wrote about heaven, but there's one that was wrote a few years ago by Randy Acorn, and it's all about heaven. I don't know if anybody's got that book or not, but I can tell you there's a lot of things that fellow don't know either. Uh, a lot of things he thinks he knows, uh, but uh, it sounds good, but I don't think it's, think it's in the Bible. People got some strange ideas about heaven. Uh, I, I've always liked, uh, I don't like his uh, McGee version, and I don't like uh, whenever he kicks the Bible, I don't like that. But as far as some good practical stuff, every now and then, uh, J. Vernon McGee's got some good practical stuff. But I was, uh, I was studying on heaven after my mother died and my father died. I got more interested in it, and I was studying on heaven. And, uh, and I went over to listen to a message he had, and I couldn't believe what I heard. He said he thought that heaven was, uh, heaven was inside a huge bubble. Uh, that heaven was inside a huge bubble. And I listened a little to that, and I scratched my head, and I said, I, I, I can't believe this guy's saying that. He's, he's supposed to be smart. Now, I don't know everything about heaven. I know what the Bible tells me about it. But the Bible... The Bible, uh, even the Bible doesn't give us a lot of lot of detail about heaven. Uh, probably more in there about hell than there is heaven, to be honest with you. Uh, but even the Bible itself says we don't know what we shall be, but when He appears, we'll be like Him. Uh, so the Bible plainly tells us. Paul said we look through a glass darkly. I can see images and shapes and the way I think things are going to be, but I'm looking through a glass. Now think about that. Looking through a glass, and think about that frozen. I look through a glass, but darkly. So, uh, so you know, that's a good study there if you want to uh, pursue it more. It's all the way through the Bible, but it's there. It's there. Uh, there's uh, something called the Great Deep. And, uh, and it's not down here, it's up there. Uh, Alright, let's look at the next, next verse uh, there where we start talking about these beasts. And uh, somebody asked me last week, said, I, I wish you'd got to that verse. I'd like to see what you was going to do with them beasts. Well, the Bible said, And the first beast was like a lion. The second beast was like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings before him, and they were full of eyes within. They rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Well, when we, when we read our Bible, we find out there's a lot of things up in heaven uh, that we're not real familiar with, and when they're described, we can't explain them. Uh, for instance, uh, we don't get too far into the Bible. Genesis uh, 3 and verse 24, Adam and Eve sinned, and the Bible said that God drove them out the man, and he placed at the east end of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And uh, so there you have these creatures called cherubims. Uh, there, just uh, three chapters into the Bible. And uh, God put them there to guard the way of the tree of life. Uh, I think, I always heard and I believe it, 
uh, I think that the reason uh, that they were guarding that tree of life was to keep Adam to get from getting back to it and Eve to getting back to it. Uh, because if they could have got back to it, they could have lived in that sinful state they were in. They could have kept living in that sinful state. But God's got something better for us than this sinful state we're now living in. God's got something better for us. And uh, then we get over in Isaiah 6, and Isaiah saw the Lord there in Isaiah chapter 6, and he saw uh, some other creatures, and they're not cherubims. Uh, what he called, saw was serpents. And he said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and it stood uh, above it stood the seraphims. And each one had six wings, and twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. So another unusual uh, creature there in heaven. And then we get over to Isaiah, I mean Ezekiel. Ezekiel, he saw pretty much what we saw over in Revelations in verse 10 of chapter 1. Ezekiel had a vision. And Ezekiel said, as for the likeness, uh, well, let's back up a little bit. Verse 8. Uh, verse 7, And their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot. They had a foot looked like a calf. They sparkled like the color of burnished brass. They had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and their four had their faces and their wings. And their wings were joined one to another, and they turned not when they went, and went everyone straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they had four. Uh, they four had the face of a man, the face of a lion, and on the right side, uh, they four had the face of an ox, and on the left side, the four also had the face of an eagle. Now you're talking about a strange-looking creature, uh, Amen. Uh, you're talking about a strange-looking creature. That's in heaven. But hey, wait a minute. We got some strange-looking creatures down here. I'm not talking about them people walking around Walmart. You ever watch that? Uh, uh, you ever watch that uh, History Channel or or some uh, National Geographic's, and they show you all them creatures that are down in the ocean. I mean, there's some wild stuff down there. There's some wild stuff down there. And uh, I read one time. I couldn't prove it. But I read one time, heard a fellow say one time, that everything down here has a likeness up there. Uh, I know the Bible says about the children, said their angels do always behold the face of their father. Uh, I know that. But, uh, but everything down here has got a likeness up there. I'm evermore getting asked if I think somebody's dog's going to be in heaven or somebody's cat's going to be in heaven. Well, I'm not sure about the dog, but I guarantee there won't be no cats there. I don't think there'd be no dogs there either. I'm glad Linda Lyle's not here. She's probably watching online. No offense, Linda. Her cat's been gone for four weeks. And she's called me, want me to pray about it. Well, you know, I'll throw one up there. I don't know what'll happen. Uh, I prayed for about everything, amen. But there's some strange looking creatures there around the throne. Now these are pretty close when we get here to Ezekiel and when we get to uh, 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 Revelations, they're pretty close. Now the, the old 
line thought there in Revelations, and we'll go with it because I think any time that you can exalt the Lord and lift the Lord up, I think you ought to. And uh, and uh, and uh, usually, uh, what they'll say about this, uh, you got them creatures there. You got a lion, you got a calf, you got a man, and you got a flying eagle. And uh, so, uh, usually they'll say, "Well, the lion is the king of the beast." And so it shows it's the gospel of Matthew. It shows Jesus Christ as a king. Matthew shows Jesus Christ as a king. Gives his lineage all the way back to David. And then uh, one of them is a man, or let me, let me say the calf. One of them's a calf. And Mark's gospel pictures Christ as a servant. As a servant. Uh, so you could, you could get that out of the calf face. Luke's gospel has Christ as the Son of Man, the Son of Man, and uh, that's uh, one of his favorite titles, Christ's favorite titles. But Luke shows him as the Son of Man, uh, as a servant. In Mark, he has no genealogy, because nobody cares about the genealogy of a servant. Uh, nobody cares who they come from. Uh, the gene- in uh, in Luke, you got it going all the way back uh, to Adam. So you got the genealogy of a man. But then you got that eagle, and that eagle reminds us of, of one who descends from on high. And John's gospel shows Christ as the Son of God, uh, as one that came from on high. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And uh, so I don't have a problem with uh, the faces of these beasts uh, representing uh, those four uh, gospels there, but uh, I think there's a little bit more more to it than just that. When we go over uh, to Ezekiel, where we was at a minute ago, and when Ezekiel sees them, he sees them just like John sees them, with one exception. John or Ezekiel says he's seen it as an ox. One of the faces like an ox. But when you get over to John, he don't say ox. He said one of them is like a calf. Like a calf. Now, there's a reason for that. And uh, you'll have to, you have to listen pretty close to, uh, to follow me on this here. But all these beasts, they're literal. They're literal. They're not figurative. They're not uh, John trying to describe something else. These are literal beasts. Uh, the cherubims are real. The seraphims are real. Uh, these beasts are real. They kick the King James Bible because they say they shouldn't be called beasts. They should be called living creatures. But I tell you, if I saw something with a face on this side and 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 wings and hands in under them, I'd say, look at that creature. Look at that beast. <laughs> I'd be running. So I think the King James Bible done just fine on it when it called it a beast. Now, this beast here is different from the beast we read about over in Revelations 13. They're different. Over there in Revelations 13, when we get there, we're going to read about a beast. And it said, I stood upon the sands of the sea and I saw a beast rise up. Okay. 
That beast there, the meaning of the beast there means one that will harm. One that will harm. That's the Antichrist. He rises up out of the sea. That is figurative there. Uh, but it pictures, it pictures the Antichrist. Okay. Uh, let's, let me get my... Let's go to uh, Ezekiel uh, 28. All right, then go back to hold that and flip back to chapter 1 and verse 10. And he said, As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side, and they four also had the face of an eagle. When we get over to Revelations, no ox. The ox is dropped out. That ox represents the devil. You know what happened to the devil? He fell. Now look in Ezekiel uh, 28 where I asked you to turn there. There's only one, one of these that's said to be anointed. Only one. These others are not said to be anointed. But in Ezekiel 28 and verse 14, he said, he's talking about the devil and uh, how he's walked in Eden and how he was wiser than Daniel and all these things he's telling about the devil. But in verse 14, he says, Thou art the anointed cherubim that covereth, and I have set thee so. That's talking about the devil. The devil used to have a job and his job was he was he was kind of over the throne of God, and he was a musical being. He may have led the music uh, up in heaven, but we know what happened to the devil. You ought to know. We've studied enough, but let's look at it anyway in Isaiah uh, fourteen. Isaiah fourteen. Verse twelve. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, thou son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Well, the devil fell. That's why we don't have that ox over there in, uh, in John's uh, description of it in Revelation 4. We don't have no ox. You say, why? Because that cherubim failed. He was an anointed cherubim. Do you know what that word anointed means? It means a Christ. A Christ. You say the devil was a Christ? An Antichrist. An Antichrist. Runs all along right beside Jesus right through the Bible. And uh, he's the closest imitator of Jesus Christ in the Bible is the Antichrist. Everything the Antichrist wants to do is something Jesus has already done. Uh, the devil wants to mark his people. Read over in Ezekiel where God marks his. Read in Revelation 7 when God marks his. Uh, the devil wants a one world government. There's going to be one one day. Uh, but it ain't going to be the devil's. It's going to be Jesus Christ. 
And, uh, and Jesus Christ is going to have a one world government. And so the devil said, I want to be like God. He said, I'm going to exalt my throne above the stars of God and I will be God. Like we said, that throne never has been not occupied. Amen? So, we got the devil here. Well, what do we know about it? Well, so far we've studied that this, this thing, uh, most time when you see a picture of the devil, what do you see? Not your husband. What do, you, what do you usually see when you see the devil? Okay, tail, horns, pitchfork, uh, yeah, feet like a calf, red. Okay. Well, the, the world tells you the devil don't look like that. That's exactly what he looks like. Now he's able to he's able to transform himself into different shapes and even into ministers of light. But the real devil he hardly ever shows himself. You can find anything on the internet, right? Try to find a picture of the devil. Like the one in the Bible. You'll find pictures of him looking like everything else, but you won't find one picture like the one in the Bible. Say, how you know? I spent two hours looking for it. There ain't nothing on there. I wonder why that is. I wonder why the devil don't put his picture out. The closest thing I could find to it, now don't get mad at me, Closest thing I could find to it was that Mason symbol thing. Now, now the only difference is that's got a goat face. The devil have an ox face. The closest thing to it in the Bible is bottom half. His top half looks like a man from here to here. He's got a he's got a head like an ox. He looks like a beast from down to there, and he's got split hoofs. Have you ever heard anybody call the devil that old that old split foot? Well, you just did. Everything. Everything that we say about the devil, and we just say it, you know, not really meaning it, according to the Bible picture of it, it's true. It's true. Now the devil has all kinds of demons, and of course that's a whole other whole other study there. But we got we got this devil that failed. Now the devil used to be beautiful. Let me let me do let me do uh, go back and say that. The devil did used to be very beautiful. You say, what happened to him? Have you ever known a boy or a girl that was very handsome or very beautiful? I've seen them over 40 years come into this church, stay in church, leave the church, get out in the world, get on drugs, get out on sin, and see them about 10 years later, 
and they look awful. They used to be beautiful, but they look awful. What happened? Sin perverted them. Did you know that sin will take that which is beautiful and make it ugly? The devil used to be beautiful. God didn't make him a devil. God made him a beautiful anointed cherubim to be there around the throne. But when he failed, he became a devil. So, uh, you know what the devil looks like tonight. That's what the Bible says he looks like tonight. Now, I know that he, he don't look like that when you see him. He looks like Joe Osteen. Because the Bible said he's able to transfer himself into a minister of light. You say, why does he do that for? Do you think anybody would come to hear him with horns up here and an ox face and calf feet and a man's hands? Nobody's going to come to hear somebody looks like that unless it's all these Satan worshipers. So, let me back up here. I know I've run off and left you. Number one, what are the stones before the throne? Jasper, sardine, stone, and rainbow uh, was the emerald color around the throne. And by the way, you know what that rainbow means? It's a blessing right here. When that rainbow, when Noah saw that rainbow, what did that mean? Okay, new beginning, but when he saw that rainbow, what did that, what did that mean? That meant God was saying, no more judgment. No more raft of God by rain and water. You say, why is that so good? We just got raptured. We're up there around the throne and there's a, a green rainbow around the throne and that's saying to you and me, no more judgment. Everlasting life. Now that one stone's red, and just my thinking, you know, I'd say without the red, there would be no, no more judgment and there'd be no more everlasting life. Alright, number two, give scriptures to the deep. Alright, Revelations 4 and 6 is you got the sea of glass. Revelations 1, uh, 3, and 9. And uh, we'll check that again. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm sorry, Genesis. Yeah, I got that, but I was thinking somewhere there in chapter 1, it talked about uh, the deep. Okay, I overlooked it then. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Uh, not no deep there. Yeah, I know it's in Job 38, but I was just thinking it was somewhere there uh, in uh, Genesis 1, I guess just referring to the water that's above uh, the heavens. Okay, Genesis 7 and 8, uh, God broke up the fountains of the deep. That's where all that water come from. Uh, they say there's no way that's possible. Not unless you got a, something bigger than an ocean up there. 
Okay, Exodus 14, uh, verses 13, 21, 22. That's showing them coming across that Red Sea. And there might be some kind of a type there that uh, the rapture takes place. We're going to go right through that great deep. That's probably what the typology is. The devil's going to follow us all the way. All the way. So Marty, you do the rear guard on that and you watch out for him, okay? Yep. Okay, there you go. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So you can see that connection there. Thank you, Marla. Uh, number four, explain the difference between the beast of chapter 4 and the beast of chapter 13. Well, different words are used, and... Revelations 13, the word there means to do harm. To do harm. Okay, number five. What do these living creatures do? What do they do? The Bible said, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. They were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy Holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever and ever. What's those beasts doing? All right, somebody said they're, they're praising God. Uh, they never stop giving God glory. They never stop giving God honor. They never stop giving God thanks. You say, why is that? Because I guess the Lord knows we do. And He's worthy of praise 24-7 from eternity to eternity. And so I guess God said, if you Baptists sitting down there won't praise me and give glory to me and thank me, I'll just make me something that will. Amen. I've heard a few preachers over the years said they taped them some amens and put on the pulpit because nobody back there to say any and they'd just play them one every time they needed one. Jack Laster said, it don't bother me whether you amen or not. I've had practice both ways. So they never stop giving glory, honor, and thanks. And I'm going to blow your mind on this and it's just my thought and you don't have to agree with me if you don't want to. But the position of those before the throne at this point seems to be... Now these are the 24 elders. They are a representation. We, we talked about how they could be uh, some in the Old Testament. They could be the 12 uh, uh, tribes in the Old Testament. The 12 disciples in the New Testament. Uh, most people think that they are a representative of the raptured church. The redeemed church. Now... If that's so, most of the time we think that when we die and when we get raptured, that we're going on them streets of gold and those walls of jasper. Right? That's what I had, heard. That's what I had preached to me all my life. That's what I always thought. But look, 
When do those streets of gold and walls of jasper show up? Revelations 21. There's a whole lot of stuff between Revelations 4 and Revelations 21. Now I know the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and I believe that. And I know the Bible said those that sleep with Jesus will God bring with Him when He comes, and I believe that. I believe your mother and father are saved, your sons and daughters are saved. I believe they're with the Lord. But I don't believe they're in any mansions yet. You say, why do you say that? Because look at what these people are doing there at this point, at this point. This is before it's all done. This is people that have went to heaven before all of Revelations is completed and we get to the last chapters. You say, what are they doing? Well, they're doing, they're doing uh, about three things. One, the Bible says they're setting. That what it says? Sitting around the throne. If I come in from work and I've worked all day and I come into the house and I sit down, I say, Phew. You know what I'm doing? I'm resting. You know what you say when you go down to the funeral home and you walk up to your loved one's casket and you say, but at least they're resting. Not hurting anymore. They're resting. Talking about, you know, born again saved people. That's exactly what they're doing. They're resting. You say, what else do they do in there? The Bible says they're worshiping. I believe if I died tonight, I believe I'd go immediately to be with the Lord. And I'd be resting from my labors and waiting for my works to follow me. They were resting, they were worshiping, and they were singing. You know what people do when they sing? They're happy. I've never heard nobody with an absent tooth going down the road singing glory, glory, glory. I never heard nobody just lost their job going down the road singing, I got the joy, joy, joy way down in my heart. When I hear people singing, they're happy. And I don't hear people singing like I used to when I was a boy. My grandmother would sing when she was hanging out clothes on the line my, my grandfather might start up a song. You know why people sung back then? They were happy. Nobody, you know why nobody sings much around here? They got so much stress and everything. They don't have much joy. That's why we got so many weak churches because the, boys, the Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not, not the gloominess. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, again, you don't have to agree with me here, but to me, the position of those before the throne, they're resting, they're worshiping, they're singing, and they're waiting for all this mess down here to get over with. 
And by the time all that gets over with, all of our dealings with the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ will be over with. And then the Lord will say, Well done. Enter in. Enter into what? Enter into them mansions and mansions that Jesus said my fathers went away to prepare. You see, we're going to get there, but it's just going to take a little while. And I'll say this in closing. I done went five minutes over tonight. If you want to have a meeting tonight, bolt me out, okay. But I've said this for a long time, and I'm still saying it tonight. I know I know it's looking it's looking more like it's look ever looked. But every prophecy preacher that I ever heard makes the same mistake. They get in too big a hurry. Everything my grandpa and grandma and them said and talked about back then, it's still on. They were right. They wouldn't they wouldn't uh, false teachers or false preachers. They were right. Them old leather lung preachers said the Lord's coming. We're just getting too big a hurry. God never gets in a hurry. Brother Nathan used to sing a song here when he ran to me. And it's a song out of Luke 15 about when that Father which represents God that He ran to that sinner coming home. The only time God ever gets in a hurry is when a sinner is getting ready to get saved. God's in a hurry to get you saved, get you fixed up. But the Lord is long-suffering. Do you realize that it took God longer to destroy the first world than it did to make it? He made it in seven days. He waited 120 years for Noah to get done. God's long-suffering. You say, I don't understand why the Lord hasn't already come back. That's easy. He's a lot more patient and long-suffering than you and I are. Uh, that's why. He'll come. Don't worry about that. He'll be back. But it'll be in His time. It'll be the right time. Amen. All right, we stopped there. I think I answered all the questions that I went over tonight. Uh, we'll get the rest of them next time. All right, any questions? Bill.